Hey y'all, it's Barb. It's Shay. We're here to talk about a murder that's gonna knock you off your feet. So giddy up y'all, this is gonna be a wild one. What's up everyone? How are you doing today, Barb? I'm doing really good today. I can't complain. I'm very blessed and in high spirits. How about you? I can say the same. Just ready to take on another week. Um, we are really happy that you guys are still here with us. You are all making this possible for Barb and I, and we always just like to begin with thank you for helping us, you know, let us talk about these things with you guys. I am going to keep the beginning short because I really want to get to today's case. Today, we will be talking about a young teen who was killed at Conroe High School, which side note was not her high school that she went to. She was at Conroe High School playing in a volleyball scrimmage or tournament. I saw both when I was looking them up, um, so I'm not sure which, but she was there with her team from Belleville High School. This is the murder of Cheryl Ferguson. I got my information from law.umich.edu, and this article was written by Alexandra Gross, read it. Uh, I saw a video on Facebook, which was an interview of one of the people in this case, which is a main person in this case, um, findagrave.com and newyorktimes.com. Um, let's go ahead and um, talk about Cheryl. Um, so unfortunately, there was no information about Cheryl before her murder. Um, which I think is super sad because Barb and I like to talk about the victim before they were murdered um, to kind of tell people who they were as a person, you know. Um, and this is the whole reason why we do these cases is to talk about these victims and to tell their story and let everyone know about them. Um, but she was not the only victim in this case. So... The next victim was a man who was falsely accused of her murder. His name is Clarence Bradley. He was sentenced to death for her murder, which he did not commit. Wait, wait. So are you telling me that he actually ended up, they like, they, they went through with it? Like he actually died? So, which I will talk about later, he did not. So I'm going to tell you the story about um, how he ended up getting off death row. Uh, at, at the end. Oh, okay. Thank God. I was like, oh my gosh. Yes, it's it's going to be a really intense one, guys. Also, I should bring up that it does have um, this case. Uh, obviously, it includes um, rape and strangulation, and it also includes racism. So, just FYI, Barb and I do not condone racism at all. Uh, we want to tell the story to tell the story of Cheryl and of Clarence also to tell his story and what happened to him. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to kind of, I forgot to mention that at the beginning. Um, so let's go ahead and talk about the day that it happened. So August 23rd, 1980, um, Cheryl told her coach that she had to go to the restroom before the next game. So she was like, Hey, I gotta go. I'll run out there and I'll run back. Um, I'll be back before the game starts. So she ran out, went to the restroom, but this was the last time that anyone saw Cheryl alive. 
Cheryl was later found nude on the floor in the loft of the auditorium. She had been raped and strangled to death. But there was nowhere that I found if they knew, like, if she was killed in the restroom or if she was killed in the loft. Um, like, I'm, I'm thinking, like, did she go to the restroom and then someone kind of, like, pulled her upstairs? Or did they kill her up there, like, kill her in the restroom and then take her upstairs and do the rest? Because I'm assuming, like, this is in a high school where there's, if it's, ex if it's a tournament, then there's hundreds of people there but if it's just a scrimmage you know maybe it's just family and stuff so there's probably like 50 to 75 people there so i'm assuming they can't just kill her and not be heard so maybe they pulled her upstairs with and unfortunately no one saw them i don't know it's i don't know how the school was set up or the layout or anything but i just found found that really interesting that they didn't have any information about that so like, my thing is, is, like, growing up and, you know, being in high school and being in the gymnasium, like, usually you have the locker rooms right in correlation with the gymnasium. So, my process is, like, why wouldn't she have went to the locker room to use the restroom? So, you know, I'm thinking, since she didn't do that, maybe the plan all along was, like, what if she was planning on meeting someone at this scrimmage or like maybe she was like oh hey i'm talking to this guy like by the way you know um i'm gonna be here this is a school i'm playing at like come watch me if you want to and then in the middle like oh let me go say hi to him real quick type thing and then met up with this guy and this awful thing happened to her actually i didn't even think of it that way that's a really good viewpoint like there's i didn't even see anything about that kind of idea because it was just this whole case was taken over by what happened. Um, but that's a really interesting thing because I can see like, but also like I can see her meeting someone, but at my high school that I went to, our, our locker room was upstairs. They had the girls locker room upstairs and the boys locker room downstairs. Um, and I wouldn't have went to the, to the girls locker room to go to the restroom. I would have went to the one that's like outside to where it's like, it's, like right outside the gym for kind of like the parents and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I can see what you're saying. Like if we don't know how the school is set up, it's really hard to say like, oh, which restroom does she go to and so on and so forth. Yes. But that's an interesting take on the story. Yeah, of course, because like thinking about when we were in high school, talking to different guys or like wanting to meet a different guy, but knowing that our parents wouldn't maybe allow us and like we couldn't go hang out with them at the mall or something like that. So you really kind of find whatever works like okay I'm gonna be here at this time like I have to be here just meet me there type thing and so like that's something I would have done you know trying to think in my high school age like I just really wanted to meet this boy I never met him before I met him online let's meet up here yeah exactly and especially like well this was 1980 so they they may have not met online but I get like I understand what you're saying especially like in the 80s it wasn't as as protected as it is now like at my school that I went to we had security guard or cops at every game and so on and so forth so back then I'm sure it wasn't as protected and you know mm -hmm. so that's a really interesting take I'm actually gonna like look into that some more um but let's go ahead and uh go forward so the police were soon called to the scene they found that they found out that there were a couple of janitors who found poor Cheryl. 
So they went to go ask them what happened and they told them something along the lines of, well, we were all working and we just heard the team calling the girl's name and they couldn't find her. They couldn't find their teammate and stuff. So we decided to start looking around, you know, we just wanted to help. And I believe there was five janitors. Um, so they're walking around and they decided to go into the auditorium. They were calling her name. Um, and they finally made their way upstairs to the loft. And that's when they spotted Cheryl. And they say that they ran up to her and checked her pulse and checked to see if she had a heartbeat or anything. And they couldn't find one. So they called 911 right then. So apparently the janitors are the ones who called the cops and not the actual team. Um, so the cops were skeptical of the janitors, which I can kind of agree because you know, depending on the timeline of when they found the girl, like who thinks, let's go up to the loft of an auditorium that's probably not next to a gymnasium. You know, you usually you don't find schools having a gym next to next to an auditorium because they're both really loud. And if they have something on the same night, they kind of, you know. Um, but the cops just kept questioning them and they kept going after them and kept saying stuff but they mostly focused on Clarence Bradley, who just so happened to be the only African-American one out of the group. So, I mean, you can assume you know where this is going uh, since I brought it up at the beginning. They kept going back at him and one of the cops even stated, which this has bad language in it and I'm not gonna say it, but it says, one of you is going to hang for this. And then the cop turned and looked at Clarence, like looked him in his eyes and said, since you're the blank, you're elected. And, you know, that makes me so agitated. And I get the time period, things were different. I don't care. It still happens. And I know it still happens to this day that people are still racist and they still say these things. They do like terrible things to people just because of the color of their skin. And this is disgusting. I hope that the, this cop and any other person who said or did rude things, rude and hateful things to Clarence, get their karma. And not only to him, to anybody. Um, racism is not okay at all in any shape or form. And I'm very against it. Um, but yeah, so before we go on, do you have any questions about anything so far? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, sadly, you know, I can chime in. Sadly, you know, racism was still existing back then. I mean, especially with, like, Martin Luther King and everything. Um, helping the black community like he did, you know, and passing away in the, I think, like, the 1960s or something like that. So there was only, like, a decade where, where there might have been improvement but you know it was it's sad that 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 happened to him and i don't know if he served time but you did say i'm guessing he did because you did say he was sent you know sent to the death penalty but i guess he escaped death row which is wonderful but um it shouldn't have even gotten to that you know they should have dug more into the investigation and hopefully they did so i'm kind of curious to what you have to say yeah so basically from this point on and sorry guys about the rant i just really don't like hateful people it's not something that i enjoy um but after this cop stated what he said 
it was from this point on that Clarence was targeted. Like they were trying to do everything to say it was him. Um, the cops started questioning all the janitors and the longer that the cops were questioning them, the more that the janitors were just changing their stories. They were trying to save themselves from getting arrested and okay, but they started to say, oh, you know, he went up to the loft. We saw him up there with Cheryl. Like we saw them walk up together. Um, or there was one where one of them said something like, oh, well, he came out of the ladies restroom and they all like I looked at him and all he said was, oh, there's a girl in there. I just needed to get toilet paper. And he said, don't and he, he, like the guy was like Clarence said, oh, don't worry about it you can go ahead and go on. And so from there, they're thinking like he killed her in the restroom and so on. And so like, they just started making these stories up. And, um, but some do say that the cops were telling the janitors what to say so that way they could arrest Clarence faster. So they were just trying so hard to just throw this case in the trash and like get it over with. Like they're not worried about Cheryl herself and worried about like who killed this little girl like she was a high school student you know um and let alone she didn't even live in conroe her family may have been over there just for the tournament they may not have even gone because they didn't want to travel you know so I, I don't really know it doesn't like i said it doesn't say much about cheryl or her family or anything like that um because of what happened but other than what the janitor said about uh, Clarence, they had no evidence against him. None. And they tested his blood and his semen against the evidence that they left at the scene. And guess what happened to it? It mysteriously, you know, just got destroyed or went missing. What? So, yeah. So it's a little sus to me that it just mysteriously happened, you know even though they have all these ways that they're supposed to be keeping track of it, it just, you know, happened to just disappear. No, that doesn't even make any sense. How are you going to arrest somebody and you don't even have evidence? Exactly. And that's one of the big things about this case is they have no evidence against him at all, other than what the janitor said. So I'm guessing at this time and period that there probably wasn't any cameras either. Because nowadays, like, you have cameras in the halls, you have cameras outside the building. Obviously, outside the building probably wouldn't help much. But if there was, I mean, what a big of a difference, you know, that that all could have made. Exactly. Like, they, they could have said, oh, this person walked here and so on and so forth. Especially, they probably would have had it by the, the gym and you know the auditorium because that's where most people go in and out at especially like outside people you know you don't you would put it in the school hallways but you don't see other people other than the students in there mostly <laughs> so unfortunately Clarence was arrested shortly after the murder of poor Cheryl um, and he was put on trial that same year so usually you know a child takes, they arrest them, they put you in prison, and then usually it takes a while for you to go to trial. Um, yeah, he went to trial the same year, but the jury was an all-white jury. So they had 
they just made sure they picked all an all white jury so they had a higher chance of putting him in prison because there was a higher population of racism back then, mm-hmm. you know. Um but it doesn't help that this case has so far been based on race on like on the color of your skin. So this trial was soon declared a mistrial because one of the jurors didn't feel that there was enough evidence to convict him and thank God because you know there was no evidence and this person was honestly like he was thinking in an honest way I'm assuming it's a guy I don't really know um if it was a girl or guy I didn't say but they stood up for what was right and they knew that this man had nothing against him so why am like he's like why am I gonna be the one who puts him in prison And I don't even know if he did it because there's I can't prove that he did it other than what these janitors are saying. So the next thing is he then went to the second trial, which was in the next year of it was in February 1981. So the very next year he went to his second trial, which his first trial was probably let's say it happened in August. So let's say it was, you know. September or October, you know, something early or late in that year. So not even a full year later, he was already at his second trial, um, which was again, an all white jury. Like I said, this whole case is based on the color of your skin, which is really annoying. I'm going to keep saying, because it's really frustrating. Um, so they had to do all the questioning over again. They had to go through all the, they can't even say evidence because they didn't have any They just had to basically just talk about what happened, you know, and her family had to sit there and listen to what happened to their child once again, because, you know, they, they wanted to put this case into the trash and be done with it. They don't want to deal with it anymore, you know, because God forbid they have to actually do their job. So, um, the time this time though one of the custodians did not testify because he no longer wanted to play along with the other custodian stories so in my head i'm thinking like oh so one of the janitors don't want to talk about it because he knows that the stories aren't true you know like he knows that what what they're saying happened is not what happened and they're just making up the stories um You want to know what one of the um, people tried to say about Clarence this time around in the second trial? What? They said that since he had another job at a funeral home, mind you, that's two jobs. So he worked at the school and worked at the funeral home, that he was probably a necrophiliac and he probably raped Cheryl after he killed her. So just because he had a second job. He was a necrophiliac. Oh my gosh. Way to go in a freaking left field. That's what I'm saying. What the heck? How can you even correlate? Like whenever you said funeral home, I was thinking like, oh, maybe he knows how, like he's dealt with dead bodies before. So like killing her wouldn't be something new. But freaking necrophiliac is like, what? That's like way left field. Oh my God. Yeah. And like, God, like, you know, who says someone can't have two jobs? And why does the second job have to do with anything with like that just 
they just were trying to find something to make him look bad you know he's trying to get some money he's trying to get that bag what are you talking about (laughs) yeah for real that's what i'm saying like and you know people some people have to support themselves and their children and i don't i don't really know if he was married it didn't really say anything um but i think he did have children and you know he had to support something and not everybody can make millions of dollars you know um you know i could be work i could should probably be working two jobs right now but you know um, i mean we kind of have uh two things going on right now anyway i mean exactly. we jobs already and doing this thing you know these conversations and podcasts for you guys i mean it's in its way in itself a job you know but it, yeah. we love to do it you know so yeah I get that. But of course, they can't say that in court. Um, so the judge told the juror, you know, mark this out of what you heard, blah, blah, blah. Don't put this against him, so on and so forth. So at least he said that, you know, at least somebody said something about it because that's ridiculous. I've never heard like of people trying to accuse someone so hard that they had to like make up something, you know. Um, and there was nowhere that even said that if she was raped before or after she was killed, you know, they didn't say anything. So I don't know. Anyways, this was the trial that Clarence was convicted of the murder and was sentenced to death. Also side note, he was only 30 years old when he was convicted. So, cause in, in August he was 29 from information that looks so I was just assuming he's either 30 or 29 but I just wanted to let you know what he was going through at 30 years old for mm-hmm. and they're saying he's murdering this little girl um, but you know all he wanted to do was go to work and support his family that's it why is that so hard because people are dumb and really annoying but Lawyers were so frustrated with this case and the conviction that they kept going. They kept digging and digging and digging because they were like, no, this is completely wrong. Like, this is not right. This man is not a murderer. So good thing they did because they found that not only did the blood and semen just magically disappear, but other evidence did like, Caucasian pubic hair that was found on her other hairs that matched neither that didn't match either the victim nor Bradley so someone so someone else's pubic hair someone else's hair and photographs that were taken on the day of the crime showing that Bradley was not wearing the belt that the like that they claimed that was the murder weapon so he was wearing a different belt So literally every evidence that could prove that he was innocent just, you know, magically vanished and never happened. So that is just, that's outrageous to me that this could actually happen. You know, I've seen it in movies and so on and so forth, but I I don't know. That's crazy to me. I mean, honestly, Um, it happens all the time where people are being convicted and they didn't even commit the crime. Exactly, but it's like, I I guess it's so hard for me to wrap my head around it because 
do you really like are you really spending all of this time trying to convict the wrong person when you know he didn't do it but you're just trying to find out who the person was without actually finding out who the person was yeah you know like she had to cheryl passed away and was brutally murdered and all they're worried about is hurrying up and putting someone in jail that's all they cared about they didn't care about if they actually got the right person which i'm just i can't wrap my head around it but you know people are different breeds sometimes um but this was the point that set the lawyers up to fight back for clarence like they were ready to just go at them so other people started to come forward actually um about the case after seeing some things on the tv um i believe like one of them was a girlfriend of i think um some other i can't remember like 100% but some other she was a boy a girlfriend of a of a guy who said that he was there for the murder and that this wasn't true like the stories that they were saying and blah 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 and she called in and the cops were like eh, i i don't believe you and they didn't even and if they don't believe them, they don't have to tell Clarence's lawyers. So they didn't even tell him that they got this call in. But she was like, no, you guys are not doing this to him. So she actually called Clarence's lawyers herself. And she told them the story, which gave him gave his lawyers even more ammo. So he was finally released after the lawyers never stopped until he was released. He, they actually didn't even stop until after he was released also um but he was released and I was getting a phone call um because he um oh I lost my place sorry guys okay but even after being released he didn't even get compensated for getting falsely accused of a murder. Wow. Yeah. And I think I read somewhere that, oh, he didn't get paperwork on time or he didn't claim it in time. But that is so stupid because why does he have a timeline that he just lost, what, nine years of his life? And I guess he has a timeline now because you guys wanted to falsely accuse him. They're just trying to figure out a way to not have to give money out. And it's, it's honestly just, it's disgusting. Uh, but his family stated that, oh, he was always calm and cool and collected, even in like the hard situations when he was getting accused of all these things. He never lost his cool. He just kind of stayed calm and was ready for whatever happened. Um, Unfortunately, he did pass away September 2nd, 2018, and he was 66 years old. So another 30 years plus of life, you know, um, I don't know. I just, this case was really disappointing to me. <laughs> like, I feel like there was nothing good done except for he was released. Like, even after that, he can't, you know, it's hard for him to find a job now that he has a record. And hopefully they expunged his records, but it didn't say. Um, but there's like three main points that I don't understand about this case is 
her case was never solved. She still has, there's no one behind bars for Cheryl's murder. No one. And they just, it doesn't even say anything about them looking into it anymore because how could they? They destroyed their evidence. Like they just ruined it for the rest of her family's life. Like they're never going to know. Also, we couldn't find out who the killer was because the cops were too busy rushing to convict a person who did not do it. And I just, that frustrates me even more. You know, everything in this case is so disappointing. And the third thing is this man had to lose so many years of his life just because of his skin color. That is the most ridiculous thing that I saw. You know, why does it matter what color skin you are? Like, it doesn't matter. He had to go through being prosecuted and people saying things about him that weren't true because the cops wanted to convince, convict someone so quickly. So, honestly, the cops just ruined it for everyone. And, you know, so many bad things about this case could have been avoided from the beginning. And like I said before, the only good thing about this case was that Clarence was let out of prison. So, yeah, that's basically the story. Um, do you have any comments or anything or any ideas on what you think might have happened? I mean, I just think that it's crazy that they say the evidence was destroyed. Like, do you not take multiple samples of the same DNA in case something like this was to happen? Where maybe that DNA sample you know, something happened to it and now you ha it's like contaminated or something like that. But why are you not taking multiple, you know, samples? You obviously know what the murder weapon was, which was a belt, some form of a belt. You know, you know mm -hmm. that, that it was a Caucasian hair, so that leads you into a surface demographic. Then you know, you know, like you can maybe narrow down, okay, where was all the janitors at this point? Okay, you were here. You were there. Okay, this one was here. Okay, um, you know, anybody walking in the halls, nobody investigated, like, people who were actually at the game. Like, there was no investigation done there. Like, even with the coaches, like, it's like, there's so many different routes that they could have went and done to maybe, like, they could have maybe had the killer within the first year or so if they would have done the right steps instead of being so focused on this one guy who quite literally had nothing to do with it exactly and it's like it's like as soon as they walk as soon as the cops walked in they knew what they were going to do like they were they already knew who they were going to choose you know it could have even been a a boy from the school you know from conroe high school and what if you did this to other people you know not killing them but what if you raped them you know you these cops just let this killer go and all because they wanted to hurry up and get the case over with. Well, I do want to say that sometimes, you know, you watch the shows and the movies about and like the, the murder documentaries about it being a son of a sheriff deputy, it being a son of somebody in high rank, you know, and so they exactly. use whatever scapegoat that they can to pretty much take the the lights and the and everything off of whoever they want it to be covered up for 
and heck, yep. they did have security back then, and they had cops there at the hospital during the game. Who knows? It could have been a cop, and they were covering their own butts. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's just so many different things, and it, it like, literally has happened so many times where it's, like, the sheriff's son or, you know, the principal's son, and then they coordinate with the sheriffs, and they pay whoever off. You know, you just really never know. Yeah, it's, it's sad, but... You know, and this is, I'd like, I know this is a bummer for everyone, and um, but I really felt that this story needed to be told um, because, you know, so many things went wrong. It's not always about sunshine and lollipops. Like, the, these things happen, and they constantly happen all the time. And we've seen some recently, you know, but it's just, I really felt like this story needed to be told. So... I hoped you guys and not necessarily enjoyed it, but enjoyed us telling it. Um, so let us know if you have any questions or concerns. Um, you can email us at texaschicks2021 at gmail.com. You can message us on Facebook at Texas Chicks Who Talk Murder. Instagram is Texas Chicks Who Talk Murder without any spaces. And Twitter is Texas Chicks Who with a number one. Always, thank you for joining us today and stay out of dark places and watch your back because you never know who's lurking. Bye. Bye.